0: We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be.
1: M. Rossiano,
0: You're always lucky when I pick up a hobby close to Christmas. Thank God.
2: And
1: Michael Lucas.
2: Between Buffy and this... What were you doing? Why were the blinkers on? This is Emsolation. And for our listeners that didn't pick it,
1: that was in fact not Britney (laughs) Spears, that was M. How
0: dare you? I'm back, it's M. Uh, It's M now.
1: You're in Emsolation.
0: Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain and a podcaster. And together with my best friend since I was 11, award-winning screenwriter, Mr Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast each week. Hello. How are you? Look, I come to you. i needing advice. I'm here straight away. Let's get into my life, please. Elio has again rejected going to kinder. Okay, so I go there, I drop him off, I stay for a bit and then when he gets the sense that I'm about to leave, he breaks down, he throws himself at me, he clings to my legs. Now, I can't leave him. I was at the kinder for an hour the other day trying to negotiate, you know, and we'd gotten up early that morning and I cooked him a special lunch of spaghetti and we put it inside a thermos and we made some banana cake and... We're doing all the things the OT suggested. We've got magnets. It's got the order of his morning that has to happen, and you know we, we've we've got a special Paw Patrol lunchbox. And I'm doing all the things that all these therapists are suggesting, right? So it's we're we're doing all that, and then we get to kinder, and it just all falls away. So my question is, a lot of and I see a lot of parents they just leave, and I do watch the kids settle after four or five minutes, right? But I just Elio is not a child that easily forgives. So I just feel like if I did leave him on one of these days at his 40th, it would get brought up because I have tried, I've left him once and he still brings it up. And that was in like March of this year. And now I don't know what the right thing to do is. Do I just cut it off and just walk out to my child screaming and holding his arms out to me, yelling, mum, or do what I did is I just took him home the other day. I just took him home and it took him two hours to settle. It took me the rest of the day to settle. <laughs> but I, I had to put him in his beanbag, wrap him up, give him a shishi. Then Scott had to take over. I came to work. But I don't know, are you the parent that leaves the screaming child or are you me who removes the screaming child, takes them home and the rest of the day is revolved around calming him? Because it's really awful. I feel really badly and he just doesn't want to go to kinder and the moment we arrive, he tells his teacher, I don't want to be here. And then at night, he'll say the next day, he was like, is kinder tomorrow? I'm like, yes, kinder's tomorrow. And so the whole night he hyperfixates on it. And the kinder is lovely and his teachers try so hard to bring things into the classroom. They were studying spiders, which he loves. But I just don't know at this point, am I going to have to homeschool? And I just don't know that anyone should go to the school of M. Rossiano. I just... So I would love your advice. Uh, I'd love to know. Please write me an email. Please let me know. msalation at downthehillstudios.com. I'm soliciting for your advice for once in my life. I'll tell you right now. Why am I here? The show, right. We talk about, well, oh God, I guess we talk about the no result in the voice referendum. We have some kind of thoughts on that. We also discuss the leaks that have come from Brittany Jane Spears' autobiography, The Woman in Me*, that's coming out next week. We talk about Madonna's triumphant stage debut of her new tour. We get to the Taylor Swift movie and we also talk about a very interesting play I went to see that involved hmm, gay porn in a small country town being sucked into a gay porn. And that's all I'll say about that okay gang enjoy the show wow this intro went everywhere i wonder how much of it i'll cut out because i just needed to get it out of my system you know how you write the first email and then you never send it perhaps this entire intro is the first email i'll wait and see okay play the music Insulators, you're only a what-if away from creating the perfect holiday. And right now, Emsalation listeners can get 10% off selected hotels. Go to whatif.com forward slash listen for details. What if? It's Aussie for travel.
1: Em Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is Emsalation.
0: Michael Lucas, so much to discuss. Let's get... Australia's shame out of the way first. Obviously everybody knows by now that we decided that giving First Nations peoples a voice was divisive and yes. the country voted no in the voice referendum.
2: And, and also the apparently the First Nation in the world to actively reject it, to actively silence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hmm Yeah. We all kind of had a feeling going into Saturday it wasn't good because the campaign took a real nosedive a few weeks ago and I feel like, you know, all those shots of Elbow tearing up, especially when he sat in the red yeah. dirt at Uluru with those m- incredible Indigenous women and he got really emotional and, and he got emotional again in Adelaide and every time we saw him he was getting really choked up and I wonder if part of him knew and maybe felt like he was oh. letting them down, you know?
2: yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, even the choice to – he did his um, press conference that night from Canberra. He didn't go to Sydney to the Yes event. So I think the writing was very much on the wall. And we, we obviously, you know, knew that it was going that way, mm. but I still was shocked on the night. I still thought that maybe one or two states might come through.
0: Well, one territory did, ACT, mm. the Canberra, uh, but that, they don't count, unfortunately, in the overall – majorities yeah. of states count. But the thing that's most terrifying and, and I keep reading about and I've become a bit obsessed with is that a campaign with its very soul being mis- and disinformation got up. It's, yeah. You know? I feel like we've always felt in this country, we see what happened with Trump and the fake news, but I feel like Australians have always felt like we wouldn't fall for that. We're not Americans. You know. No, we, I know. We've got great what? bullshit detectors, you know? And for me seeing the deliberate disinformation and the misinformation circulating and people believing it was, Mm. like what does that hold for the future of politics in Australia? It's terrifying.
2: And also, I mean, for me, one of the most um, tricky and insidious lies was that First Nations people don't want Mm. it. And, and then I was reading a lot in the lead-up to it. Oh, that 80% figure, that's bullshit. That was done a long, long time ago. Things have changed since then. And I'll be honest, even I started to think, well, yeah, maybe it is more like 60 or something. percent. Maybe that is. Mm-mm. But I understand the Yes campaign holding on to that. But now the results are in and they can look at those boos. And it was correct. Yeah. It was absolutely correct. So there was this sort of lie mm-hmm. that was spread that filtered through. And I reckon that was close to the... If not number one, the number one or two reasons why people gave for voting no, which is they don't even want it anyway. And it was not true.
0: So I think if you're a person that's feeling like you want to keep your head in the sand about everything that's tough at the moment, the no campaign gave you a safe, warm place to be, whereas the yes campaign would mean that the next thing was truth and would be confronting our history and actually talking about it because voice, truth, treaty. And I think... A lot of people are arguing, and I listened to a really great uh, podcast from The Guardian this morning. That perhaps truth should have come first, because mm. the yes campaign didn't go into why. It, you know, and a lot of the people who were voting when we were at school, we didn't. We learnt about Captain Cook as though he was a hero. I, I remember. Oh yeah. You remember? Uh-
2: Oh, totally. oh I've, got, can I go, I've got a story about this. Mm. I wanted to tell the story because I was thinking hard about how do you even respond to something like this. But one thing that we've never talked about is when in the lead up to the newsreader, for those who have seen it, Hunter Page-Lachard plays a uh, First Nations activist who has a radio station and he's sort of based on Lydia Thorpe's uncle, partially Robbie Thorpe. Mm. And in the show... Anna Torv's character goes into the radio station and so I went into 3CR Community Radio um, uh, into their um, black radio slot to go on Robbie Thorpe's show Bunjil's Fire and I've never felt whiter in my life, Mm. never felt whiter in my life. Mm. And, and uh, you know, I think that I'm pretty woke and across that. And he directly asked me, you know, do you know whose lands you're on? I'm like, well, we're people. Yeah, I know, I know. Mm. And I, I, yeah. And then on air, he fires at me this question and he goes, yeah, and can you tell me what happened to them? And I was like, well, I mean. Wow. You know, they lost their land and and I fucking, and he's like, no, no, no. Why, you don't know what happened? And. I don't I didn't know what happened, and so I desperate like it was humiliating. I was so embarrassed and I went away and researched. and it was very easy to find. It was literally like just Google. and of course that the surviving members of all the Rore people were put on a station called Coren Dirk station. and did you know? It's fucking Hillsville Sanctuary.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: Yes. I mean, that's part. that's a small part of it. But I went, and I'm sure you did too, when we were in primary school, it was an annual excursion to go to Hillsville Sanctuary. If you're not from Melbourne, Mm. it's like collects up Australian animals. Mm. You go there every year. I never, never knew Mm -mm. that that was the station that all the Wurundjeri people were put on. And then the history of it, they had this incredible leader in the 1800s and his name's really easy to remember. It's William Barak. And the story is so tragic because he they, he basically said, OK, we'll turn this into a farming enterprise. We'll take the best of what we know of the land. And and they were incredibly successful. They won first prize at, at Melbourne's, like, international fair in the 1800s. There was, like, this shining example of we can hold on to our own culture, we accept that we have to move into white culture. Mm. And then all the farmers around them started to be like, this is bullshit. They're beating us. They're selling more than us. And so they started to change the laws that they couldn't independently own and run this business and they were decimated. And it was the most tragic story for me because it's like, we'll play by your rules. Mm. We'll play by your rules and all we'll ask for is just basic, and for me what's so... The gutting thing about The Voice is like, okay, we'll accept. We've got to operate within this constitution. Mm-hmm. We've got to operate it. We will make the most reasonable, mm-hmm. you know, suggestions for measures that won't even affect you. And still mm-hmm. we kicked it down. Mm-hmm. We absolutely kicked it down. Yeah,
0: resoundingly. Um, and also it wasn't a fair fight. It was not a no. fair political fight in any way. You know, when you're in an election each side points out its positives and will attack the other side's negatives. And generally when the campaigns start to maybe turn on you, you'll then go on a negative route to try and pull yourself up again. But the yes campaign always said we want to be positive. And so the no went low and the yes stayed high and there was no way the yes could counteract the dis and misinformation being circulated because that would have been going low. And it, mm. it just, it was not. And they also had to explain to everyday Australians constitutional law, referendums, how oh, they no. matter, why they matter. Like it was a hard ask, whereas no were just like, nah, we don't want things to change and it'll make things worse. And everyone's like, oh, that's much easier than understanding why to change the constitution we have to have a referendum. And so it was just never an even kill from no, the get-go. and
2: also obviously like I don't understand constitutional law and I've got frankly, too many degrees. I still don't understand it. In that situation, you need leaders that are responsible Mm. to say this is safe, it's not going to... And and the fact that... And and the people in government that came out directly against it and said it's far too risky, they knew that it wasn't. They knew that it wasn't. And it's just... It was was such bad faith and it's shameful. I'm shamed.
0: Me too. I, I really am. And I'm proud to be on the losing side... I think history will look back on October 14th and judge this country very harshly. I think generations oh, yeah. to come will look back on us and be... Because when you talk to kids about it, when you talk to my kids, when, you know, the 15-, 16-, 17-year-olds, they're just like... Odie's like, let us vote. My entire school, 100% for... Like She said it's so easy. It's, it's mm. just an advisory board. Why are we scared of getting advice from people about the people it affects and I couldn't explain. And they were both sat there next to me on the couch on Saturday night and they both looked at me like, what, how? Mom? And they were both like, mum, how? It's so easy. It's such an easy thing. It's such a small step towards reconciliation. And I said, people are scared at the moment and the No campaign capitalised on that. To political points score in the hopes that when they do run for election next, they can point back to this moment and say, Albo, fucked it, and that's why you should vote for us. They sacrificed Indigenous voices, they sacrificed what was best for the Indigenous population of this country to gain political points for the next election, and that is shameful.
2: Yeah. Well, and fingers crossed that's going to blow up in their faces because all the Teals at least were yes yeah. and he can't, they can't get back into office without the Teals and the thinking is that it's even driven them further away from being winnable and I
0: hope that's the case. Me too. I really do. Me too. All right. Well, Brittany Jane Spears. <laughs> Her what a transition. Autobiography, The Woman, the woman in My... Oh, she's
2: gone full still Magnolias. Yes.
0: Slash Shania Twain. Is coming out on Tuesday, October the twenty fourth. Mm. I have it marked in my Google Work and Home Diary, so everyone will get the alert.
2: We do have- you know the time of day that it is officially released, or do you just need to go to your bookstore that day? I've- or are you going to do audio book?
0: I- I'm going to do audio and Uh, physical copy but the 24th of October in America is actually the 25th of October in Australia so we won't be getting it till Wednesday. I hope to be sitting before you when we next record with some kind of copy of Britney Spears's book in my hand so that we may deep dive but what I do have for you is some excerpts that have been leaked by her PR team to the press yeah and so many so many things have been revealed some stuff around Justin Timberlake and a termination she felt he made her have, which is oh. awful. And I, I, Justin Timberlake is in for an, ex, as I have said multiple times, I think this book is not going to be great for Justin Timberlake. And I also think he may have launched the InSync comeback as a way to shield himself with those other men. Oh,
2: my goodness, Justin. Mm. What goes around comes around well. as he once sang.
0: Isn't that coming to bite him on his little two-minute noodle having hair ass? Anyway.
2: I mean, if he has any sort of complaint to it, I sincerely hope she just responds with Crimea River.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she will. She will. So in this book, multiple revelations, but the one that's come out or the first one that came out was that Lynn and her, her mother, for fun when she was 13, used to have mimosas for breakfast, so... I feel like I should
2: judge that a lot more than I am. (laughs) For breakfast, though.
0: Well, that's when you have mimosas because there's orange juice in the champagne. So it's a breakfast And she's confirmed that
2: that hers was alcoholic. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that her dad used to body shame her too. So, look, there's a lot of fun stuff coming for the Spears family, I'll tell you right now. Mm, mm. I like to think that there was a list, a burn list, and she's just gone through every single person that has ever wronged her And quite frankly, I'm here for it. I'm excited by it. I'm inspired by it. And perhaps (laughs) when the time comes of my untimely or timely death, there will be a similar list and your life's mission will be to to research all those people and tell the story and tell the truth because God knows I'm (laughs) ADHD. I'm not going to be able to write myself. I like to think about, so Brittany had a ghostwriter obviously and I like to think about I want their story. I want the story of the person who sat at the end of the unhinged, unbridled oh. rage that she clearly feels towards her family. And they're oh. just sitting there typing like, okay.
2: Oh, that would be incredible. It's a 21st century version of Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> it b- would be amazing. <laughs> Do we know, is it named who that person is? Because Prince Harry's um ghostwriter really came out. I
0: don't know. Could, could we research that, Benjamin? Imagine if it turns out it's the guy who wrote... Andre Agassiz and Prince Williams. What well, that is... Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. He is amazing. He's amazing. I listen to him on a podcast. I quite like him. Do we oh, know who... The, Sam Lansky. What else did Sam write? Funny, it's another Sam. That's the name of her ex-husband, so... Did he write? He didn't write Harry and Andre's, did he? If she's got him, she fucking means business. Oh, my God. What else has he written? I've never heard of him.
2: We never heard of him, but I like those titles. The Gilded
0: Racer could have been the name of Britney's as well. Could have been. So, one of, the, one of the more lighter aspects that have come out that I wanted to get into was her discussing why her flourishing acting career was cut short.
2: Have always wondered, mm-hmm. legitimately. Now,
0: you'll remember her 2002 coming of age film, Crossroads.
2: Crossroads. <laughs> certainly do every line of dialogue. <laughs> Kim Cattrall
0: played her mother. I haven't seen it. <gasps> this is
2: just, there's so many bits of buried treasure in your life. Sometimes you shock me, but I shouldn't be shocked anymore. Could like you? between Buffy and this, what were you
0: doing? Why were the blinkers on? I'd just given birth. So perhaps that was the reason. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was a 22 year old giving birth. But could but you? But weren't you just like up late at night? Not sleeping, breastfeeding, whack on some
2: Crossroads. How, though, laptops? It's a mother-daughter story.
0: I don't think laptops were around then, were they? Oh,
2: okay, all right. Could no, you just... sure, you couldn't stray that, fair enough. You could have gone to Video Easy.
0: Sure. Could you just give us a brief synopsis of, of Crossroads?
2: Cannot re- No, it's something like, okay, this. I'm just going to, what I'm going to do yes. is I'm going to say what I think it is okay. and then we'll look it up. Okay, 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 okay. I think she has never met her mother and she goes on a road trip to meet her mother, but it's memory serves. There's also some sort of performance that she's going to as well. That's what I remember. And she sings, and one of the songs is "Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman." And she's got two friends. So I was like, road trip to meet my estranged mother and sing and dance in a um, some sort of performance. Let me see. Are
0: we live giggling? <laughs> I mean, I'm in. Wait. All of that appeals to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell me when you've got it.
2: Yeah. Okay, Crossroads film. Zoe Saldana's in it. Okay, sorry, I got a bit excited (laughs) there. Got the synopsis? Wow, okay, this is a very long one. But anyway, let's go. Children growing up in a small Georgia town, Lucy, Kit and Mimi bury a wish box and vow to dig it up on the night of their high school graduation. However, as the trio grows up, their friendship fades. Lucy becomes the introverted valedictorian, Kit becomes the most popular girl in school and Mimi becomes an outcast because... From the trailer park because she had a teenage pregnancy. Anyway, they dig up the wish box. They remember their old wishes, and then Lucy wanted to find her mother who abandoned her. And that Lucy. Oh, yep. so they've all got different things. So Kit wanted to get married. So they. So anyway. So and one of them's pregnant, and basically they go on a road trip, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to go to Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so they depart in a yellow 1973 Buick. Great. And then it's just, yeah, it's just like a road trip and there's a bit, they sing karaoke in New Orleans and, yeah, I wasn't too far off but I forgot that there were three, I yeah, there were three of them. Okay. And it's all based on this wish box. Well. Lucy does lose her virginity. I do remember that. She's Lucy, obviously. Is that a
0: musical montage where she performs not yet a girl, not yet a woman as her hymen, like, at the point of? Is this? No,
2: but then... They do eventually go to some sort of audition, and they get a standing ovation for a performance of "Not a Girl, Not Yeah, I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman." Who wrote that? Did Dido write that?
0: I hope it wasn't a man that wrote that song. Could we please Google who wrote? Can you do that, um, somebody? Michael, yeah, you Google. I can do it. I who do it. wrote "Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman"? And if it was a man, I am. Um, yeah, Max Martin. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait.
2: Max Martin with Rami. I don't know who that is. An additional writing from Dido.
0: Max Martin, of course. Max Martin wrote that. Of course, he did. I can't believe. Max Martin.
2: He's beyond gender. Sure. He's just. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yes. I know. I've met the man. Sc- beautiful hair. Yeah, complimented your singing, dear, famously. Stunning hair. Well, let me tell you. The filming of Crossroads. Spears has written that the experience wasn't easy for her. And here is Brittany live to tell you what happened. I think I started method acting. Only I didn't know how to break out of my character. I really became this other person. Some people do method acting, but they're usually aware of the fact they're doing it. But I didn't have any separation at all. I ended up walking differently, carrying myself differently, talking differently. I was somebody else for months while I filmed Crossroads. Still to this day, I bet the girls I shot that movie think she's a little quirky if they thought that they were right.
2: Can I just say, her acting career might have died, but I think another's has blossomed. <laughs> and then she said... For our listeners that didn't pick it, that was in fact not Britney Jones. That you. was M. How
0: dare you? I'm back. It's M. Uh, it's M now. Um, so <laughs> because of this fact that she was so deep into the method acting, mm. so deep, she, because of this fact, she could not ever act again. And she was due to in fact star in The Notebook with Ryan Gosling.
2: (gasps) What a bombshell. Her her Mickey Mouse Club co-star.
0: Correct. And she said that she was relieved when she decided not to do it because she says, The Notebook casting, Brittany's back. (coughs) Sit down babes. The notebook casting came down to me and Rachel McAdams, and even though it would have been fun to reconnect with Ryan Gosling after our time on the Mickey Mouse Club, I'm glad I didn't do it. If I had, instead of working on my album in the zone, I'd have been acting like a 1940s heiress all day and night. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. No worries, Sam. Yeah, so... That's
2: why. She's just so... You know, Lady Gaga had a similar problem on, on House of Gucci. Father, son, and House of Gucci. Remember? She was all like, I had to consult a clinical psychiatrist because I was disassociating. I was so deep in character. That's what she said.
0: Except she said, I had to consult a clinical psychologist. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> I had to consult as clinical
0: psychiatrist. I had to consult uh, a clinical psychologist because I forgot I was a Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> Faro Sun House, of course. Hello, 80s. <laughs> so. I'm glad the mystery has been solved. I'm glad... Look, Meryl Streep...
2: No, you know what? You're being funny about it, but I am genuinely glad. I'm not being because fu- she was a good How actor. dare you. She was a good actor, and did you ever see her on Will and Grace? She was funny.
1: My real name is Peg, and I'm a hardcore lesbian. I'm into leather play, butch black girls, skunking, pulling the blinds, and poodle balling. Whatever you got, I'll eat it, snort it, or ride it, baby.
2: She was... Inside the joke, it was a good performance. Many a pop diva has gone on Will and Grace. And it's a sliding scale. And I'm not going to say who's on the scale in what position, but she's close to the top.
0: I am not making fun of it at all. Okay, great. Sometimes good. my sarcasm and sincerity, they they do have a very tight dalliance on the line together. But in this instance, I totally believe that... Because Brittany is well-known adhd When you a fixate on something, you get inside of it, you want to marry it, you want to get it pregnant, you want to roll around in it, you want to push it out the sides, you become it. It becomes your whole personality. Today I bought a vinyl sticker-making machine and it is killing me that I'm not down there setting it up right now. I'm going to make so many stickers. You're getting stickers for Christmas, by the way, bitch. So it's like... I understand a vinyl sticker making machine. Yeah, it's a whole okay, thing. You, right. you draw whatever you want on like your iPad, and then you send it to the machine, which has got vinyl in there, and it cuts out your drawing. And you can stick it on mirrors. You can get iron-on transfers. The whole thing. Oh my god, this is so exciting. Your Christmas package is going to be customized. So get ready for that. But <laughs> I, I understand. I'm still, I'm still laughing. I've still got the ashtray that you made. I get that fixation of pottery well i've moved into vinyl stickers (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) so get ready you're always lucky when i pick up a hobby close to christmas thank god
2: i was so lucky but
0: my whole point is my whole personality is about to become vinyl stickers so i Mm. understand britney getting cast in a rock if i ever get cast in (laughs) anything i will start walking i will be that person the whole time you know this so i'm not making fun of her because i get it But I also
2: imagine if you got cast in something, what a narrative it would be. I can't wait.
0: I can't wait. I am going to get cast in something at some point, surely. Who knows?
2: Maybe. But I look. I
0: look forward to this. I mean, next week's going to be. It's going to be a lot on. It's going to be a lot on for me.
2: Oh my god. Yeah, I think you're going to need to set aside two days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of acting, I went to check out a local play last night. It's important to support the arts. Melbourne Fringe Festival is on. And a friend of mine, Jack Stratton Smith, who was also in the newsreader, and yes, and
2: five bedrooms,
0: and five bedrooms, and is also partner of my other friend Joel Creasy. Joel said, "Do you want to come to Jack's opening night for his play?" And I said, "Yeah, of course. Always loving to support small productions." Uh, and the play I witnessed was called Pornograph Philip, and I'll read you the synopsis: mm. Pornograph Philip. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Philip has a moment to himself. He hears a familiar moo from a cow outside. The farm work is done. He had spaghetti for dinner and is on his second beer in bed of the night. The rain is suddenly on the tin roof above him and it just makes his mattress more comfy. The house is empty, the rain is hard. He undoes his belt and finds the right play button. Deafening thunder and a blinding flash of lightning. Stillness eventually comes back. Philip is still, the movie is still playing. He hears a somehow lusty moo from a cow outside. The rain is rock hard. That's the premise.
2: Whoa, the rain is rock hard. That would have been a good title too.
0: Well, the guy who wrote it, he also his other shows are called Leopard Print Loincloth and Sexy Dead Schoolboys. So he loves he loves a title.
2: He really does. So
0: the premise is basically footloose but gay porn. Um, I think okay, it's about
2: hang on <laughs> let me let me so what there's a town where gay porn is forbidden, yes. and then a Kevin Bacon-like figure comes into the town and quotes the Bible.
0: Except <laughs> the Kevin Bacon-like figure is a bolt of lightning. So imagine if in Footloose Kevin Bacon was lightning and lightning struck the town, and all of a sudden they're now on the set of a gay porn. So we meet the townsfolk okay. first. And there's like his, uh, oh, Jack's character, he was Philip, he was about to get married the so night before his wedding, but his childhood lover who's a man is visiting for the wedding and we realise they have a past. But Philip's pushing that away. He's going get he's getting married to a woman. A woman, which yeah. But yes, he's actually okay. closeted or, or maybe bisexual. It's not really stated. But he likes men and women, we assume. Mm. So we meet the town mm. mayor, we meet the mayor's, PA, who's a muscly dude in like a white singlet. How many casts are there? There's like five, I think. There's a priest. Okay. So we meet them all, and it is a small country town. And then the flash of lightning happens while Philip's watching Gabe Horn. And then all of a sudden, everything's, everything sounds horny. Uh, the mayor explodes through a door and chaps. Um, the wife becomes the annoying obstacle woman in Gabe Horn. <laughs> And there were lines oh. like, suddenly my peripheral vision is terrible and I can't see what's happening if' I'm, when I'm looking straight ahead, I'm gonna make a salad. So it was very it was very it was bonkers, it was funny, but it was wild. And so we're in this it was it was a crazy storyline. And the the muscly offsider of the mayor, he was a doctor, he was a tennis instructor, he was a handsy seamstress. He played all the characters of pornos and okay. And are these
2: sort of explicit depictions of pornos? No,
0: they didn't. No, they like you see bums and stuff. Like you don't see full penis, not full frontal nudity, (laughs) but you get hints of penises for sure, a lot of tops off action. It was great. I really enjoyed it. It was fucking bonkers. Like it was absurdist Mm, humour. But there was a moment where Joel decided about ten minutes before the play he was going to wet his pants hat to go to the toilet. And I'm like, you cannot leave. There's 40 people in this theatre. It's a small, small, small theatre. Like Jack was on stage doing this emotional monologue. It's like, if I don't go, I'm going to wet my seat.
2: I go, all right, oh, fine. And Joel's very identifiable yeah. too. Yeah, Joel is. Famous, tall, with a shock of blonde hair. Yeah. Like there's no yeah. subtle way for him to exit a room. Yeah,
0: and he'd been laughing along heartily the whole time. He's got a very distinctive laugh. Everyone knew Joel Creasy he was there, put it that way. So the, the show go, the stage goes black and he stands up and he quickly goes to me but then the lights come back up again and he stops like he's a cat. Like he stops in motion. <laughs> And it's even worse because he's standing there like with his hands up like a T Rex, not moving. Like, I'm like, like a two year old hiding from you. They think if they shut their eyes, you can't see them. Like, yeah. sit down. So he throws himself down on the ground again. And then we wait, the, the lights go dark again. He gets up and he rushes out, but he rushes out backstage the wrong way. He's trapped. And I can oh. hear him trapped at the side of the stage because I was when he went... <laughs> So, so Chella and I and and uh, Louis, there's a few of us there, and um, we're all just we got the giggles. Because, but there's this emotional thing happening on stage, <laughs> and we can just hear Joel going, like trying <laughs> scurrying so, away. And then we heard him hit a piano. Oh my God, God help me. <laughs> And so he finally, and then we hear the door open, we hear the door shut. And then we hear the door open again five minutes later and we hear the door shut. And then, and I'm like, he cannot come back up. Like they're they're on stage screaming at each other because all of a sudden it went from gay porn to a searing exploration of the shortcomings of heteronormative relationships and why perhaps we should open up the boundaries of what those relationships look like. Like it went from gay porn to that. And that was the minute Joel walked back in while Jack's like crying to the woman saying, can I just be enough as I am? And I'm like, oh God, what's he going to do? And he wisely chose to stand side of stage when that finished. But then when everyone clapped, he decided to run back up the stairs and be standing there clapping like nothing ever <laughs> happened. <Just a> <laughs> and so, so all's well that ends well.
2: Do you want to know the most surreal thing? We weren't there because we were in Sydney, because Adrian has written an oh, anthology called Erotic Stories. Can we
0: plug it? Let's talk about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 SBS. Mm-hmm. Um, worth checking out the trailer. It's, yeah, an anthology series, so all these different kinds of... And uh, sexy, lusty. Specific stories, sexy stories, yeah. yeah. And so we went to a screening and Adrian's one was the third uh, one screening. His one begins with the sequence at a gay beat in the park. And then the lead-up to it, funnily enough, he turned to me and went, I really need to go to the toilet. Is it going to be bad if I run out in the middle of my one? (laughs) And I'm like... Yeah, I, yeah, I I wouldn't. And so it starts, and fully it starts with, like, a really intense gay beat scene, no dialogue, creeping into park, men fucking And Adrian turns around to me and goes, I I actually can't hold it, I've got to go. So he had to, like, jump up in the middle of, with all the people that made it. He didn't direct it. There was another director. You know, cast with everyone, was there he
0: stumbled his way out. Oh no! But oh. he said
2: he said he thought he had a he he thought he had it under control. But then when his one started, his nerves Excited. rose, yep. and then with it, the urine just became like a situation that he couldn't oh, handle. Oh, I'll tell
0: Joel; he'll feel happy about that. He'll feel better. Feel less <laughs> first. I love that SBS because back in the day, the only way I could watch anything vaguely erotic was SBS World I Movies. Oh,
2: no. So it's so on brand for SBS, back. absolutely. Yes. I know. We all knew as a child. I mean, I feel sorry for kids these days that don't realize you know what World movies. I mean, they've just got porn, but we used to, and you'd go and you'd study, and you'd, you could look in the green guide and see, like, if it had N for nudity oh, and all those sort I know things. Oh, always <sighs>
0: yes, I'd love it when there was N for nudity. Well, okay, erotic stories, and Adrian wrote the the third in the in the series. Uh,
2: no, I don't know. It was just the third in that screen. They're oh. all going to be put on on demand at the same time, and there's a lot of like well-known people that you would know in yeah. in various different versions of it, and it's fun. Excellent, good plug.
0: Emsolatis, I've got two words for you. Summer holidays. Yeah, yeah, I know there's also school holidays, Christmas, end of year, everything I know. And as if you've even got time to think about the summer holidays yet. But when you do, you're only a what-if away from jumping into your summer getaway in Sydney or Melbourne. Perhaps you'd prefer the Gold Coast or a bit of Hobart or maybe some Adelaide action. The choices are literally endless. Plus, what-ifs flexible booking options mean you can book with confidence. There's even book now, pay later at select hotels. So you pay on arrival and lots of hotels are also fully refundable. But check those booking cancellation windows, lovelies. So whether it's a huge summer holiday or a bunch of of beautiful short stays, you can book your Aussie summer holiday on the What If app now. What If? It's Aussie for travel. It's m Extra.
1: Haven't subscribed to m Extra yet? Here's what you've missed out on this week.
0: I genuinely felt resentment from you on that.
3: Yeah, because that's another example. Like, you, you pushed this stuff to me and I cannot and I don't want to consume the amount of information that you do. So that was like, you know, you're pushing all this stuff at me. ...all this content and it's just too much for me. ADHD. So diff- different learning styles.
0: Or some might say you're neurodivergent. Do you think you're neurodivergent? I don't know. Do you think that you're neurodivergent?
3: Neurodivergent. Do you uh, think there's a... I think, think where I'm at right now, yes I do. <laughs> but anyway, but like you were doing it your way, you are going... Push, you know, pushing all this stuff to me and it was just that actually wasn't mm. increasing the rate of my understanding and learning appreciation.
0: What have you reframed about me in your mind from negative to more compassionate and understanding since the diagnosis? Uh,
3: probably... Uh, A better understanding of why you are like you are, like why you do things like you do, all those sorts of things. So just sort of changing the reason why. I can't remember what the reason why was before but Yeah, you
0: don't give me as much shit for diving into the special interests anymore. Like you used to really go on about it, about how I would have to go and buy one of everything to do the thing. You just let me do it now. Yeah, you did. Oh, we don't need that, we don't need that.
3: No, I still don't like that and we don't need it. And I know where it's all going.
0: Huh? Yeah, but you shut up about it now. Mm. You just let me do it because that's my that's my live or die. I have to do it. It would be like cutting me off from being able to fully explore my special interests, like really limiting that ability, which did happen to me as a kid. It's like taking away my oxygen.
1: Yeah. For all of that and so much more, subscribe now at msalation.supercast.com.
0: It's msalation.com.
1: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. Yes. Is, 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 is That's it. That's all oh, we've done
0: what it. What about our queen
1: Madonna? <gasps> no. no. No, no, no.
0: Sorry. I take that heart back. I take it back. One moment. I can't take it back. <laughs> um, Big mistake. Big. Let's speak about Queen Madonna. I'm so sorry. You're right. We did agree and we should. Madonna opened. It's I think I'm in so much pain. Madonna opened a tour. Celebrations tour and I was not there, so that's the no, episode. not
2: there. And then also, yeah, she did successfully the Unicorn of Death or the what are you Mother of Dragons both. Actually, on the first night, she started performing at eight forty-five, mm. which is just astonishingly early. And no, not somewhere-
0: not because there's a curfew at 02 of eleven p.m.
2: No, but then did you hear what happened the second night? Mm. <laughs> but she had what like, People don't often want to give Madonna, you know, big ticks. Like, people are out to get her, basically. Mm. But on the first night, it pretty much went flawlessly. Like, every review was basically mm. triumph. She sounded great. She danced well. She looked great. Great show. Fantastic. Good for her. So happy.
0: So nice because... You're right. People do just want to, like, everyone's just waiting, lying in the wings to kind of jump on some mistake or something that happened or we told you, we told you. And still, when is that going to stop for her? When are people just going to be like, oh, it's Madonna. She's great. Blanket. Do whatever you want. (laughs) You know, like, when do we get to that? always on guard. When she dies.
2: She's always said it. It's It's when I die. When I die, people will just be nice about me. But they're not going to be nice. But they were on that first night. Then on the second night, she did come to the stage late and then she had to chop off the end of the show and the gays weren't happy about that.
0: Now, I cannot believe we're not getting Express Yourself. That's the big thing for me out of this. No Express Yourself Mm. in the set list of her greatest hits. Why? What are your theories? I know you've got them.
2: I, I think she's very committed to a narrative. Um... I don't know. I don't know. And, and well, maybe she's performed a lot on other tours. I mean, we didn't get it on Mm-mm. the Rebel Heart tour either, so we've really been starved of Express Yourself. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I, I overall it's very hard to complain about a set list. Like it's banger after banger, classic after classic. Mm. I mean, and even the bits, the more obscure ones, the interesting obscure ones that she's chosen. It but works. there's very few of those. It's hit after hit after hit.
0: And she has she's, stepped up to the plate on Daughter Wars, if you wish to explain. Oh,
2: she stepped up to the plate, I think, is an understatement. Mm. Yeah, so obviously Beyonce now has been bringing out Blue Ivy. I mean, Pink, Pink as well has been doing... With yes, Willow, yes. But Madonna had no less than four of her children on stage. Mm-hmm. She had Mercy playing piano. Mm-hmm. She had Lourdes out there for Bad Girl as well. Um, she had David shirtless strapping, strumming a guitar. Mm-hmm. But then the undisputed star of the show was her one of the twins, Esther, and she has, like, a voguing um, section where she sits at the end of the stage giving... Like, they recreate, like, a ball, basically, and so she's giving marks out of ten. And then it actually took a while for the press to figure out what had happened. In the middle of it all, this extraordinary voga comes out and is, like, flipping around, bouncing, doing all these incredible moves, and it was her 11-year-old daughter, Esther. Like, absolutely best dancer on stage.
0: Incredible. Incredible. And Madonna was so... I kept looking at her face because... Uh Lourdes was sitting next to her as well and they were holding up tens and I kept watching Madonna and she couldn't hold, you know, the resting fierce bitch face. She couldn't. Like every time she looked down at a stare, she would like soften and she kept looking over at Lotus, like, look at her, look at your sister, look, what she, look at her go, look at her go. It was just such a beautiful, lovely moment. Interestingly, no Rocco. So, but she had been to his art show the night before. Rocco's an artist now, guys. Much like yeah. I'm taking up vinyl stickers, Rocco's taking up art. and It's exactly the same. And Madonna has gone to his show in which... And you're
2: going to have it, your vinyl sticker thing. You will have Madonna and Stella McCartney <laughs> come <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell.
1: <laughs>
0: I won't have anyone say the word nepotism. How dare you? But I think, I think I'm closer to agreeing to seeing her in Miami, maybe... But I want to wait. I just I can't believe she's definitely not coming to Australia. But it, it surely it won't be over.
2: No one's coming to Australia. Mm-mm-mm. We're the only country in the world to say no to. Well, Tay Tay's coming. <laughs>
0: Taylor's coming.
2: She's too, but she booked it in before the referendum.
0: It's true. But I also <laughs> want to talk about just briefly the Taylor Swift movie. Has opened and it's the highest-grossing concert film it's of all
2: time. Unbelievable! In the first weekend in America, it made close to hundred million dollars, which is just like that's like Marvel. Good for her. And this is a concert that that so many millions upon millions of Americans have already seen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 astounding.
0: And I want to speak passionately in defence of the teenage girls and young women and older women who are being brutally mocked online. For dancing and singing at the cinemas and behaving like they are back at the concert and living their best lives, let them be. Leave the Swifties, the old Swifties, the young Swifties, all the Swifties that are going along and uniting as one stop, calling them a cult like that's a bad thing. Stop mocking them. Stop making the TikTok stitches. Leave those people be. They are not hurting anyone. They are feeling joy. I'm so tired of the snitchy snark around. Oh, look what the, look what the cinema look like. Look at this. Look at that. I have uh, no problem with that. And I don't want to see if I see <laughs> one person. You
2: hear their complaints and you say to them, you need to calm down.
0: Correct. And if you want to go to a cinema to watch a Taylor Swift movie and sit, did you see the footage of Taylor watching Taylor? Taylor was oh, having the time of her it. life. Oh, yeah. we also have to, I mean, it happened. Good for her. Beyonce turning up in solidarity. Amazing. I mean, Smart. fucking. Good for her. And Beyonce never goes outside. So people need to understand the security detail that had to happen. They, they had to run this like totally. this was a UN meeting. Like it was oh, I know. clear. Was, if you look at all the photos, it's like... They're in a cinema in space and they're the only human life forms. <laughs> there are no staff. There are no popcorn boys or girls. There are, there's no one with a torch. There's no tickets. It's like it's just the two of them on a vast, empty landscape that looks like a cinema. That We have to be careful. I mean, if
2: anything happened to them, we'd probably go into a global economic depression.
0: Wait, it
2: would, they are billion-dollar machines. They should not be allowed to
0: be <laughs> anywhere near each other. Like the royal family have to fly in separate planes. That's right. That's right. So I just, on the whole, it's been a great week for female musicians in terms of, again, just dominating. And Mm. I stand in solidarity with anybody who wants to go and watch the Taylor Swift show at a cinema, dressed up with glow sticks, singing loudly. That is your right. And for anyone else, wait till you can watch it at home quietly, you sad, sad people. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm off. Have a great day.
1: <laughs> you too. Talk,
0: talk to you later. Bye.
1: Bye. This is m
0: Thank you, gang. Thank you for being here. I want to remind you to get your tickets for m Live. We put out a little special episode on Tuesday, just some of the best bits of the live shows we've put on. You get to hear Casey Donovan singing, me singing, Cella singing. You get to hear, I don't know, a bunch of things. And I just thought it might be a nice way, look... Is it a 20-minute long ad? Yes. Is it entertaining? Also yes, you know. But I've got to find new and interesting ways to say, hey, Sydney, on December 3rd, we're going to be at the Enmore Theatre. There's still tickets available and I'd love you to come along. Please do that. Please also make sure you're following us on Instagram. And if you want to sign up for the newsletter, you should do that too because I'm going to start, we're going to start revamping the newsletter and it's going to. you're going to want to be involved, let me tell you right now. All the information you need can be found in our bio at our Instagram page. Have a wonderful weekend. Be kind, be gentle, do your best. That's all the world can ask of you. If you need to take a break from social media, do that too. And I'll catch you next week. Bye.
1: Like what you heard and want more? Emsalation is a totally independent, neurodivergent, female-led podcast, which you can help support by subscribing to Emsalation Extra. Get exclusive bonus episodes every Tuesday, Question Time with Em and Michael, pre-show meetings, videos of the podcast recording, pre-sale access to live events and discount merch, a weekly newsletter and so much more. Help us by subscribing now or gift a subscription to someone you love at msalation.supercast.com or get the link via msalation socials. msalation with M. Rossiano is recorded at Down the Hill Studios. Hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fan. Socials by M. Rossiano, Benjamin Wosley and Marcello with assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts with videos by James Henderson. Follow us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast and join other Emsolators at the Emsulation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. Please take the time to share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on whatever podcast app you use by hitting the follow button. Thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you again soon. I'm mm-hmm.